Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. We are on The Pleasure Zone tonight, and we are talking about the many levels of exhibitionism. Doesn't that just sound both delightful and for some of you frightful? And that's cool. I just wondered, do you ever get turned on by even just the thought of doing something like exposing yourself publicly, masturbating publicly? Do you fantasize about that? Do you think about it? Do you want to actually follow through on it? Have you ever done it? And do you get turned on by doing things like sexual acts in public or <clears throat> or uh, even just fantasizing about it. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about today. And my question on this when I uh, first put this show out, because I don't know if you, if you are avid listeners, what you'll notice is that I've done a show on voyeurism and exhibitionism a couple of years ago. And so I just thought, oh, maybe I'll just dedicate a whole show to exhibitionism and then next week's show I'll dedicate to voyeurism. And so this entire show dedicated to exhibitionism came down to the question of why is it illegal and why is showing off our bodies illegal? And the other question to me is um, what has us desire doing that and choosing that? So those are my main questions that I'm going to be reflecting on tonight. And believe it or not, Google failed me today. Google, you failed me. Google's fail today was that there is not a lot of information about, uh, well, not just Google, but in terms of psychology and evaluations of people's behavior, behavioral sciences in general, don't have any conclusive information about why would somebody choose to be an exhibitionist? Why, oh, why would some ludicrous person want to masturbate in public and get totally turned on by that crazy people like myself? And why, why is that? Like, so one, some of the articles that I came across that discussed exhibitionism really were just discussing it as a, as a paraphilia um, so paraphilias, for those of you out there who are not avid listeners, you don't, might not know what a paraphilia is. The gist of a paraphilia is it's like sexual um, tendencies and preferences outside the what we might call the norm. So sex in public is considered outside the norm. Sex in your bed in a missionary position is considered norm. And pretty much probably anybody who's a little curious or even does a little like banking in the bedroom, guess what? You're opening the door to paraphilia play. So no worries. No worries because you're actually curious. So it's quite, isn't that quite funny? Just like, what? 
how do we all get to be freaks? Well, we are all freaks. Um, cause I think the person who created those rules, maybe they were not creative. Maybe didn't have a lot of lovers in their life. Self-loathing, loathed other people. So they just wanted to make as many definitions to limit people's, uh, sexual normalcy as possible. And everything outside of that is a deviancy, deviance or a paraphilia. So there we go. That is my evaluation of why things have been um, considered paraphilias as somebody decided that one day. Anyway, what we're talking about today with exhibitionism is, to me, I want to look at the journey of from childhood to, to even if it is childhood where we start to have the desire for exhibitionism, all the way through adulthood. So from the innocent to the illegal is where we're going today. And from those innocent acts of maybe you're a child, uh, maybe you're even an adult, but let's start with childhood. Say you're a child and you just really love being naked. You enjoy your body and you just enjoy the feeling of being naked and you don't really even have a concept of what is socially normal to put on clothing in public, so you don't. Now, I have a little niece and we have bets about her, about when she comes over, she's three now, and when she comes over, we have bets, how long will it take her to take her clothes off? And the last time she was over, I said three minutes, and I was wrong. She was stripping in the car before she even got out. And uh, that's the kind of girl she is. And we just, like, don't make her wrong for it. So somewhere in the world, there are people making other people wrong for their nudity. Well, when you make somebody wrong for anything that is really just an innocent act, what does that do to them? Let's just think about that. Let's break it down to another way of looking at it because we're looking at nudity and we tend to sexualize bodies even if they're people sexualize children's bodies and say, that's wrong, put your clothes on. Why? Because some adult feels sexually attracted to you um, that, you know, that's probably why they're asking you to put the clothes on because they're uncomfortable with their own thoughts and need some help. So <laughs> that's my thought on that. But let's, if we look at it as you're doing something that's an average everyday act, you know, something that's natural, eating, for example. And if you're eating and somebody uh, wrong, makes you feel wrong for your choices or for what you're doing or how you're eating then that wrongness that's been put on you will turn into a different energy. It could lend you to having eating disorders. It could lend you to having uh, more like a finicky eating or a desire not to eat. So any of those kind of spectrums of eating disorders probably start to occur if a person's been you know, wronged most of their life for what they're eating. Now, if a person's... And, and then what occurs? They have an eating disorder for life. Overeating, undereating, no eating, vomiting, all of it, right? They will find a way to deal with the wrongness that they think is them. Now, if a person is wronged for nudity as a child, what occurs? Maybe what occurs is they still have the desire to be naked in public. That festers and boils and sits inside of them. And at some point in their life, they become older and they have this burning desire to experience that freedom 
of nudity. So what do they do? Something totally illegal, which would be like showing off their genitals in public. Now, part of the difference with some definitions of exhibitionism is that there is a secondary part to the definition. So the the, pri- the first part of the definition is like exposure of your body could be exposure of your body parts that normally aren't seen in public, right? So if we look at North American society, the parts that normally aren't seen in public are what we call the bathing suit parts, which are like your breasts, your bum, your um, your genitals, right? Although now, you know, there are G-string bathing suits that show off the butt cheeks all the time. Those, So those are the parts that we would consider, if they were showing, would be considered exhibitionism. Now, in other parts of the world where you might be in a tribe where nudity is totally normal, does exhibitionism exist? So my question is, was to me is like, when did these rules start? And Wikipedia couldn't help me. Google didn't help me. So if any of you out there know this, my evaluation of it is started with colonialism. That's my evaluation. And uh, maybe in future I'll bring on a friend of mine who's a PhD expert in colonialism and she can discuss how different things about colonialism affect different things in our lives. So perhaps perhaps I'll be able to get her on to talk about that. Um, but even in discussions with her, I do realize the impact of colonialism. So I'm thinking, what occurs? So we have a society, the British, for example, who have gone, I mean, there's there are colonial uh, for other things, not just the Brits as well. There are Portuguese and Spanish and French, all kinds of countries that were colonialists. But we're going to talk about, um, I'll just use the British as an example, because, you know, taking trying to take over the world is pretty big on, um, was pretty big on their agenda for a while. So when you look at their values at, the time when they started going into different countries, even though at at times in England there was sort of a, a freedom of sexual expression, and I mean in France there was always probably more than there is has ever been in, than there was in England. But there were there were some times in England where it was okay. Um, however, there wasn't a lot of times in England where nudity was seen as a decent act. It was generally considered, in uh, you know, indecent, indecent exposure, and how and why that occurred. It can only be something I would say to the values of the people uh, through generations. If you look at even historically, when you look at um, different countries that different, uh, like invading countries, say the Romans, say. Um, say the Romans going to England, they had created all their Roman baths in England. What occurred in Roman baths? Nudity. So it wasn't the Roman values that were brought to England. Was it the the Viking values? Was it, uh, where did these values come from? How did they get established? When, and you know, what ruler, king or queen decided that nudity was wrong? And in their and whatever it was that had them decide that it was probably a ruler, and I don't have total proof of who it was, but my tracking back in history energetically right now is it was probably some ruler who had some kind of 
either religious affiliation that was really strong that was saying that in you know nudity is indecent because of Adam and Eve. There might have been some kind of uh, you know, so there may be a religious affiliation that goes to royalty that creates some rules that says you can't be nude. But then maybe there was also a component of the person choosing that truth, so-called truth from the Bible, we'll just call it the so-called truth, and using that because maybe they had a lot of self-loathing going on and they didn't want to be naked. So how much was it for their own personal advantage? Well, whatever it was, that value system definitely carried through to many countries that were further colonialized. So even if you look at uh, different, for example, let's even look at, I live in Canada. Let's look at at Canada and look at the people who are the indigenous people uh, who would have worn different skins and things in the summer, probably, you know, showing off more of their body than um, than certainly the Europeans were used to seeing. So then, you know, bringing religion into the picture again, making them wrong for that and then convincing them that something bad and terrible and evil is going to happen. So exhibitionism as being something that is wrong like showing off your body publicly as something that's wrong is definitely a value system that isn't a it, it's not necessarily a universal value system so creating a law or laws based on something that doesn't really have a universal value system doesn't make a lot of freaking sense to me but then again I don't run the government and I don't make rules because if I did we'd have a lot more things that were based on some universal value systems like kindness to each other. That seems like a good universal value system. However, let's face it, I hope in this lifetime I get to see it, but I doubt that I will. But what would it take? And so I think about, you know, all these, you know, people throughout history and life that have been in trouble for doing things like getting naked publicly or you know, and there have been many. There Historically, when you look at all the people who have purposefully gotten naked publicly, there are like Egyptian kings who like masturbated in front of crowds and uh, different rulers and, uh, you know, ancient history, just nudity was their thing. There were nude goddesses that, you know, when you look at different mythological stories, goddesses tended to be nude. Sometimes they showed off their genitals. Um, as a show of strength and fertility and all kinds of things. And a lot of actual goddess sculptures that have been found and different images of goddesses throughout, especially throughout uh, Europe, have the image of the goddess who's showing off her vulva quite explicitly and breasts. So if anything, there was some kind of goddess worship that actually involved a reverence and uh, an enjoyment of the genitals and the body, and it was not vulgar. It was quite seen as something divine. Hmm, so why do we hide the divine? Jeez, if we actually allowed the divine to be in our lives and to be something that we can witness and experience daily, 
wouldn't that be somewhat of a strange and amazing experience? <laughs> so actually, my friend uh, who's producing me today, her name is Keisha Clark, and she has a show on this station called Aligning Divine. Lots of information about the divine on there. And it's a, it is kind of a fun question about um, why do we hide the divine? And our genitals are essentially and have been considered creation tools, just like God is a creation um, and the goddess are, you know, they're creators and creationists. And so are our genitals. So we're hiding the divine. And why is that? It's just a curious question. So I'm actually interested in exploring some other sides of this whole exhibitionism part of the story um, because I can sometimes go on about history and I don't have history memorized. I I just like bits and bites of history so I don't have dates and this and that for you. I just have the gist of history. And I'd like to look at some other uh, bits of information around exhibitionism and the like, how the heck did this get so wrong? What can we do to invite this to be... uh, received our bodies to be received naked bodies to be received less judgment more fun more play and i'm going to give you some fun places that you can look at in the world that you could just take off your clothes it's totally legal and you don't even have to be at a nudist beach so we'll talk about that too so you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Jelanić, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić, You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815 880 TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaJelenic.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back to the Sweet, Sweet Pleasure Seekers. Tonight we're talking about exhibitionism. Seems like a fun topic to talk about. I'm not even sure, oh, why that topic came up. I, I think I was just looking at fun topics that I haven't talked about in a while. Uh, however, it was kind of neat because uh, in mentioning this to a friend of mine today, I said, oh, my topic tonight's about um, exhibitionism and the true title is The Many Levels of Exhibitionism from like the innocent to the illegal and what qualifies what. So uh, the conversation actually led to, he was telling me that there was a video that I think it had gone viral on um, YouTube of in Berlin. So in Berlin, apparently there is, uh, there is no law against being nude in public. So people choose it. There's no law for it, but there's, I guess, no law against it. So um, a guy was lying in the park at you know lunchtime at work naked with his laptop or laptop bag beside him, and out of nowhere, out of this like forest, comes a wild boar, runs over, grabs his laptop bag, and takes off and and runs away. Now I still have to find this video because I think it's going to be so funny. And uh, I guess he chases after the wild boar. Long and short of it, he gets he gets it back. Um, but I thought, that is so fun. I mean, it was a fun story because my show is about exhibitionism tonight. And that, you know, the variety of people, I guess, in the middle of Berlin is you could have naked people in the park and not naked people. And if you, you know, if you want to judge one person or not judge anybody, but there's sort of a freedom to choose whatever you would like. And I thought that's pretty cool. I kind of laughed. I thought, what, are people like naked except for their masks? Because, you know, COVID. <laughs> but, no, I guess if you social distance, you can be naked without a mask. So, yay! And which made me actually think, where else is it legal to be naked where maybe we don't even know that it's legal to be naked? And, and so, of course, I went and I searched this out for you guys. And uh, let me find out where I put that information because I kind of, I know there, I know Munich was on the list. Um, and let me see what else. Okay, so here we go. For those of you who didn't know, there are top five or the top five places in the world to be allowed to be naked in public um, are a place called Cat Dagd in France. It's most famous uh, place in the world for as a nudist town. And it's also one of the largest beach resorts that accepts nudism. So that's in France. And they can have a crowd of like 40,000 tourists flock to that beach normally when there's no COVID and no social distancing going on. And it's actually um, nudism is considered accepted there and acts that are perceived as sexual are considered illegal. So uh, there are certain locations, I guess, that are reserved for people who would like to practice their fetishes on that beach, but they're done in private. So lots going on at the Cap Dagd. I know so much and like so many of you pleasure seekers out there are probably right now Googling how much does it cost to get to Cape Cap Dagd. So C-A-P, uh, is the first word, and the next word is D apostrophe A G D E. Just so you can go Google search and get yourself a nice good ticket to go there, get naked, 
practice some fetishes in the corner in the private zone. How cool is that? I love that. So surprisingly, there are, are two in the U.S. Oregon is one of the states that um, that it's apparently okay to be nude. So um, it's nudists, nudists are only restricted to go nude in certain states, and one of them is Oregon. Specifically in Portland, um, there is an open nudity law that exists. So in Portland and in Eugene, Oregon, you can be naked whenever you like. Again, as long as you don't have the intent to arouse others, you can be naked. But if you if you have the intent to arouse people, that's wrong. It's so wrong to turn people on. Now, if you're just a hottie or you just like ooze sexual energy or pull sexual energy like a fierce mofo, but you don't have the intent to turn people on, but you just do by existing, then what happens? How do they prove that, you know, well, your sexual energy is so high that you're turning people on on purpose or you can't come out here because you're too sexy for this place. Um, too sexy for my hat. But you could be too sexy for Portland, Oregon because you could be turning people on unintentionally and they might think it's intentional. You know what I'm saying? Confusing. How do you qualify that? Not sure. But I'm sure that they figured out how to qualify that. <clears throat> Maybe masturbation in public or that sort of thing would say, well, now you're trying to turn people on. But if you just turn them on by accident because you're so hot, that's, that's okay. The other place in the U.S. is Austin, Texas. Yep. I don't know if you knew this, but it's one of the places where that is actually topless friendly in the U.S. So it's, uh, there, I guess it's, uh, there's a clothing optional park there and it has like a hundred acres, a hundred acres. So those of you in Texas near Austin, you can go to Lake Travis's shoreline and enjoy some great nudity. I know in Ontario we have nudist resorts, but we actually have a public nude beach in Toronto uh, on the Toronto Island, and there's actually an airport that you can get an airplane to go to the Toronto Island, so this is making it easy for all you guys, uh, guys and gals out there, and it's a place called Hanlon's Point. So it's in, it's in a nude, I think it's clothing optional, but you can go nude there legally again without the intent to arouse. I had a friend that used to do naked yoga there, and I think um, her great skills probably turned all kinds of people on. She never got kicked out, though, for doing naked yoga. So good for her. (laughs) So those are our two U.S. ones, mainly, that are Oregon and Austin. So isn't that cool? And then, so another, uh, aside from Berlin uh, in Germany, Munich also is pretty much made uh, public nudity legal uh, since 2014. So again, without, there was like, there's urban naked zones that you have to go to. And they're going to have just, you just have to kind of stumble upon them. So I don't know that there's even signs in Munich to show you where those nude areas are. In London, England, there is uh, public nudity, uh, sorry, uh, there, there is actually, they're pretty open-minded about public nudity there, surprisingly, I guess, because maybe they're less religious and 
maybe Anglicans are more open than the Catholics, so something changed over the last couple hundred years as the dominant religions changed in that country. Who knows? So the nudity law there is fairly open. Um, however, the act only becomes illegal when you intend to shock or offend others. So it's hard to know when you... How do they qualify what people's intentions are? I don't know. So in London, there are several establishments like gyms and restaurants and even poetry readings that welcome nudists and allow being clothing optional within their premises. So isn't that kind of interesting? There, there are so many more. Those are like considered the top five in the world. So now I know you guys are going to go out and look for places to go be legal with this. And how fabulous is that? For those of you who struggle, though, with this desire to be naked in public or even um, masturbate in public or be seen being naked, my question to you is, is there a way you can do this that's actually legal? So let's think about a few ways that are ways that a lot of people are going uh, and exposing themselves. Uh, I know that for me, through social media, I get a lot of like dick pics and masturbation videos. It's kind of my forte, uh, whether it's uh, women giving me vulva pics or men sending dick pics. It's kind of irrelevant. I get them. I get them all. And um, the... I do know that the intent is to shock and my usual response is non-shock, so it doesn't really go anywhere. So a lot of people are using social media these days as their outlet for for exhibitionism. That's one way to get away with it, I suppose, because it happens an awful lot. Another way is to make your own porn videos and put them up on like a porn hub, and then you can masturbate all you like on video and have people watch you. If you need to do it to see their face and their shock value, maybe do a, like a live stream connection to people. And you know what? Maybe you'll get paid for it. So I'm giving you ways to get to do what you want to do and make some money at it if you want. And you can still be shocking, I suppose, if you want to. And if you need to take it that extra step further, because maybe you really desire not only being nude, but you also desire being arrested for it. Well, that's a whole other ball game, right? And and so that kind of level of paraphilia, you got to really ask, like, you know, to me the question is, you know, how badly do I need to be seen? Where am I not seeing myself? Where do I require being seen by others? How do I require being seen by others? It kind of... I think part of this conversation also got sparked because I have a, a nephew who we were at like a family do and every like minute he's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And I'm like, wow. So at one point he, um, I was swimming in the pool with him and he's about five, maybe six. And I asked him, I said, do you actually receive adequate attention at home? And I know some of you are thinking, like, that kid doesn't know what adequate means, but his response is fully energetic, and my question was that to him as well. And he said, no, I don't. I'm like, fair enough. So how? And then I actually asked him, so how much and what kind of attention do you require? And then he just swam off with a like, little wedgie in his universe thinking about that. But the fun thing is he didn't yell, look at me, another time after that. 
so for those of you out there who need to be seen and just desire to be seen so bad and if you need to like flash somebody or show somebody you're good that's cool i see you and if if you like need to send me a pic that's okay if you just need me to write i see you i can do that for you if it stops you from being arrested because maybe you don't want to be arrested i see you right so i really encourage you to look at what it is that you feel like you're not being seen that you're going to do anything include get arrested to be seen okay so that's something to play with so you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back after this commercial are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at MilicaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we are talking about exhibitionism. So isn't that kind of fun? So what's fun about that is we all have a body. If you're listening, the chances are you have a body. And if you don't, that is so cool. Thank you, entities without bodies for listening. So we've all got bodies. And then at some point, as babies, we have bodies and those bodies are okay to be naked. In fact, not only can your body be naked as a baby, it can be naked in a change room, uh, genitals to the world. You could run around in a park probably naked too. Uh, most people wouldn't be bothered by that. Why? Because you're under the age of two and that's okay. 
Now, somewhere after the age of two or three, uh, when you're toilet trained, nudity becomes very wrong. All of a sudden, you, you have control over your genitals, and that's when your genitals become sexual. I know that sounds weird, um, and I'm probably, this is just an energetic information I'm giving you. This is not something that I've studied. Uh, this is not like Freud said, but it maybe is, it maybe does go along with that. But somewhere around the age of two, our genitals are something that we're supposed to be able to control. We can urinate, we can take care of it, we can uh, hold our poop and go and, you know, hold it long enough to get to the toilet. We should have some control. And some of that control also lends to control your sexual energy. When you're a baby, you are an explosion of sexualness. Not that you are sex or that people should be having sex with you by no means. Fuck no. And But you are a little bundle of joy love that came out of an orgasm. So the fact that you are uh, like the embodiment of sexual energy is is just the way that it pretty much is. You are you came out of an orgasm, so there you go. And so that little baby body, so many people will look at that naked baby body and go, "Oh, you're so cute! You're so beautiful! It's so wonderful! Oh, it's you're so cute." Then you become two, and you're supposed to go pee on the potty by yourself, and now you are perverted for wanting to be naked. Somehow that birthday, age two birthday is a pretty violent time in life. Not only do you get frack loads of vaccines if your parents force them on you, but you also get to be judged for either being potty trained by then or not being potty trained, but for God's sake, have those genitals under wraps and don't show them to the world. So there is like massive judgment that starts at some point around that age that then has us who have been for two years probably getting a lot of attention and people like celebrating the nakedness that we are. Or maybe you had parents who were like, you know, had issues and couldn't deal with your beautiful naked self. And so they couldn't deal with their own naked self. So they made your naked self wrong and whatever. It's a tumbleweed of shit. You don't have to buy it. It's not their fault. They were messed up. It's not your fault that you were feeling messed up. And guess what? You can change it now, now that you know that. You don't have to make yourself wrong for it or anybody else. So there you go. So we look at those naked little baby bodies, bundles of joy, love, learn to be naked in public, then they're not. Then somewhere around, you know, puberty, you start to get interested in seeing other bodies uh, naked, whatever uh, gender you're interested in. You're like curious about the naked body, but it's kind of taboo. Then by like 18, you were supposed to have by then probably seen a naked body and had sex with it. And then in your 20s, you're supposed to be dedicated to only one naked body for the rest of your life. There's a lot of um, interesting things that we place on the genitals. Limitations, who your genitals can enjoy with other people's genitals and all that jazz. We know that. I've done a lot of shows on this. My question is, what the heck is it that has us stop being allowed to be naked? What is that? Where all of a sudden is one age of a body okay and another age not? And it's not necessarily puberty either. Your body's changing, developing new things, becoming so-called sexual. Why is it then? Some people 
have fully developed bodies and are asexual, identify that way. They do not regard their bodies as sexual things at all. And then there are other people who, like me, who have been like, like crazy aware of sexual energy my whole life. So my, this is more like a curiosity question. Is like, what are you guys aware of? Like, what are you aware of that maybe it's cultural differences, maybe it's colonialism, maybe it's imposed rules. But individually, in our own families, we've kind of, we have choice, right? We could adapt, we could change, we could choose something different. So babies aren't arrested for being naked. Uh, if any of you know of a baby who got arrested for being naked, please correct me. I have not been aware of that. Now, at some point, you do get arrested for being naked. And what age does that start at? I believe it's 16 because then you're you're considered old enough to... Oh, but that's different in probably different states and different provinces as well because it's probably related to age of consent with sex in some way, I'm guessing. <clears throat> So at some point, you are not allowed to be naked in public. And like, I don't get it. How come? So where other cultures, like we're talking about like Berlin and Munich and London and all these places where nudity is okay, how is it that it's okay for them but not for the rest of the world? So what values do they have that we don't have and in those places, how often are people even doing uh, the act of exhibitionism as a paraphilia that is to shock somebody or to arouse them uh, purposefully without their consent or without their desire to receive that kind of as a way to be um, a cruel, I suppose. So there can be nudity with like a kindness of like appreciation of the body and then there's a nudity of I'm putting this in your face as kind of a form of abuse. Now, anything that's non-consensual to me is I get it, like that's not cool. If you are live in an area, if you're living in like Berlin or Munich and you know about these nudity laws and you're offended, it's your choice to live there and it's, you know, the people who are being naked, it's your choice to look at them. So there's still some consent. It's public. You can walk away if you want. Now, if they were to stick their genitals in your face and, you know, try and, like, masturbate on you without your consent, then, yeah, that's not cool. So I think that we have such an intense and incredible desire to be seen that we do have things like pornography on the rise and we do have like dick pics going out like freaking crazy because people just want to be freaking seen. And the next time you see a friend of yours or a lover of yours or even the children in your life, just say, I see you, see you. Because you know what? That in itself might be all it takes to keep somebody out of jail or to have to abuse somebody so that they can get their jollies off because they just so desperately want to be seen that they're forcing it on other people without their consent. Yeah, so, oh, I see you. How fun is that? Just I see you. Hi, I see you. Now, when you hear that, 
do you actually feel a little bit more relaxed? You still feel that urge to just like, you know, put your dick in my face? Like, do you still have that urge? And that's cool if you do, because maybe we have like some uh, energetic connection going on. It's kind of sexy and that's cool, whatever. Do what you need to do, but maybe not personally, but if you want to fantasize about it, Go, by all means, have your fantasies. Nobody can arrest you for your thoughts yet, so uh, just don't get any chips from Microsoft or anything like that, just saying. So I think, you know, don't, you know, as long as we can um, have freedom of thought, you can fantasize about whatever you like, including me if you want, and I'm cool with that. And think about what, what you're actually gaining by the thought of or by the act itself of going out and um, shocking people or harming them even like are you that unkind and if you are that that's just a matter of fact because that's just who you are uh, like if you just want to hurt people that's who you are maybe you're a sociopath maybe you're a psychopath and that's not going to change but if you truly are kind and you still have an exhibitionist thing going on there's lots of ways to pull it off and I think becoming a stripper is a great way, Being, creating your own porn, you know, getting nude pictures out there to the world. All of those definitely ask for money for these, though. Get some money off of this. So exhibitionism is in a lot of different places and has been for a very long time, even when you look at art and you look at uh, depictions of naked bodies throughout time. And some of those things... Yes, they were art, but there is a level of exhibitionism going on with those as well, that both the artist is um, showing their side to be shocking and that the people who are in the paintings, who are the models, they get to be shocking. They get to be naked publicly, essentially, in front of rooms of people, whether they're recognizable or not. Anyway, those are some of my thoughts on exhibitionism, and I have a few more. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melissa Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. 
This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today from the U.S., call 815-880-TALK. That's 815-880-8255. From Canada, dial 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Or send your questions or comments via email to info at militzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Pleasure Zone, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about exhibitionism. And just before I got on to do my show, I was watching a program on CBC, which is a Canadian network, and they have, uh, they have an online uh, thing called GEM, where you can watch all these shows from the past. And one of them was the Winnipeg Comedy Festival had an episode about... Uh, I think the episode was actually supposed to be about neighbors or something, but the the story of it is um, there's a fellow, he's a dad, and he said he was talking about breastfeeding, and he said, you know, uh, I don't understand why all these women are getting in trouble and getting um, arrested or being told by security guards they need to cover up, stop breastfeeding in public. It's By the way, it's legal in Canada. It's particularly legal in Ontario, and it's actually legal in Toronto where he was talking about this for women to go topless. Uh, there is a bylaw that got passed. Not a lot of people follow it, but it is le- legal to be topless in Toronto. Um, so at the time, uh, anyway, he was at the mall and he was saying that there was a woman breastfeeding and uh, he saw this mall cop come over and co- ask her to cover up. He's like, what the heck? He's like, I don't get it. There's a woman sitting there nurturing, feeding her child, and because it arouses some person, probably a heterosexual man, that this woman has to cover up her breasts. He's like, okay, so if we reverse that story, and you get, so you got a mom nurturing a child, he's like, okay, so he's like, I'm a pretty good dad. He's like, so if I go to the mall and I'm being kind and nurturing my kids, and holding their hands and guiding them and talking to them. And that turns women on because a lot of women get turned on by a really good parenting and they get turned on by other things like kindnesses, like the laundry and things like that. Not always, but sometimes. So let's just say a whole bunch of women get aroused by seeing a really good dad. He said, so if a whole bunch of women did get aroused by me, what, should they throw a giant blanket over me? Because I'm arousing people by my parenting? And I was like, that is the finest example of how insane it is because, yes, it's a breast. It's uh, absolutely because it's a breast, it turns on men, and it's obvious because it's a body part, so that's illegal. But a guy holding his kid's hand and being a good dad, absolutely, that would arouse me. So, oh, good, good laughs because apparently these acts of exhibitionism only count if you are shocking somebody or arousing them. Now, my show shocks a lot of people, so luckily I haven't been arrested, but I've been told by several people that I say shocking things. Shock jocks that are out there as well, they're saying shocking things all the time. It's a little bit on the edge of exhibitionism, right? We're not getting arrested. But there are people out there who, because they're showing off their genitals and somebody got shocked or aroused, now it's a problem. 
I actually remember being about, I think I was about 10 years old. And I was at a mall with a friend of mine and her mom and her brother. And we were getting into the car. And it was late at night, dark. The mall was probably closing. It was maybe 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Getting into the car. And my as the headlights turned on, the headlights focused on a man who was masturbating in between two cars. And I didn't know what I was seeing at first because I was sitting in the back seat. But the mom and my friend, and I'm like a kid. I'm like maybe between 10 and 12. I really don't think I was older than that. And they are just like disgusted and and like laughing and disgusted and mad. Like all these emotions, like 45 emotions in two minutes just shows up. And I'm sitting in the back and me, I'm more curious. I'm like, I want to actually see closer what's going on and what is this guy doing? I wasn't shocked. I was actually curious. I'm like, I don't really understand what's happening here. I don't have a lot of experience with this, but I'm certainly curious and wonder more. But I do get that some people get highly offended, shocked, or feel disgusted by it. Uh, I think people try to shock me a lot, but I'm like, I'm one of those very curious people, and I will probably lean in and try and check it out more. I might out-weirdo you. So, I don't know, shock me if you like, but I'm probably going to out-weirdo you. So, so nice try. <laughs> so, uh, that was my experience with a uh, an exhibitionist in public, which is funny because truly, like, some of my deepest, darkest, most pleasurable fantasies are fulfilled uh, through masturbation, but it also uh, has to do with masturbation in public. And I, I have not actually masturbated per se in public although technically I guess masturbating in a car once that does count but that's a whole other story and I won't talk about that in case anybody ever like finds evidence that I did that that would be cool (laughs) so well good times getting it out in public getting it all exposed getting the truth exposed or maybe not the truth who knows this is all a giant query and giant like wonder so Stay tuned in and turned on until next week and voyeurism. Thank you for listening to The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.